I'm Brenna. And I'm Karin. And we are Are We Doing This or What? Or What? We are an LA-based comedy dating podcast for the single, wannabe single, and committed and curious type. We laugh, we drink, and we go on dates. Sometimes. Sometimes, being the keyword there. (laughs) And mostly, we try to figure out why we have so many communication issues. We're not there yet, but we're working on it. Oh, yes. One day at a time. One text, (laughs) one DM. One tweet, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it going. <laughs> one email. Um, well, today we are going to be talking about dating with differences. Ooh. And exciting news. We have our second guest today, which is... So exciting. My friend, Morgan. 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 Hello, everyone. Oh, hey, Morgan. She has such a sexy voice. Oh, yes. Powerful. For our sexy listeners. <laughs> this is perfect for late night. I feel like those like 90s radio shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the smooth jazz. Oh, I, yeah. I, I we need to change our intro to, music. I'd love to slip it. One, one of our intros should just be me doing my like smooth jazz voice. Yeah. So I have like Maybe a voice. <laughs> I, I have a voice that's like a smooth jazz voice. I can't do it consciously. So you're like, do it right now. I was like, it's, it's just one of those things. I'm like, hey, I'm Karin, and uh, you're listening to. We were are we doing this. We were we were recording our outro so for um, when Ashley was here, and like right before the outro, we were like so loud and just like laughing and being like hysterical, being rowdy. And then this was the next day that we were doing the outro, and like Karin's doing the outro, and. You know, we want people to think it was the same day that we're doing yeah. it. And she just goes, thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, no. It's like, like switch back to your other up, personality. Oh, it's like my other voice is like down here, like gravelly. But it's, I think it's also a phone voice too, because a lot of people, I like answer the phones at my job as an assistant a lot. And a lot of people will comment on my voice yeah. and yeah. from like, you should have a podcast. Just kidding, I do now. <laughs> but to just like what the funniest I got was this guy who was like, "Wow, you have like such a sexy voice. Like, it's okay though. I'm gay. I can say that." And I was just like, "Adorable. Thank you." And also, thank you. Well, when the podcast first came out, I posted about this, but I got three different messages from three different guys being like, "You sound really hot." Of course. I love thank that. You. Thank you. I always get like the opposite reaction from people like in my office because i'll be talking normally to them Uh and then i'll answer the the phone in my like karen voice i'm like hi this is morgan thank you for calling (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know who i embody in those moments but it's it's not sexy we all have those like people and like split personalities though i use i have that with like just talking to adults sometimes too i'm like hi how are you? <laughs> Why is my voice all of a sudden like three octaves higher? That's like like working retail. It's like the second I go on my lunch when I did work retail, I was like, yeah. <laughs> get out of my way. I don't well, want to talk to anyone. I listen to myself the on the podcast store. though, yeah. and it's like yes. that, like my voice, which is just like monotone and like really low. It's like that doesn't sound nice. Wait, where did you work? I worked with Brenda while I was I totally my that. second year of law school. I was living with Brenna, and I was like, I need a job. And she's like, apply at my bridal store. And I was like, I don't know shit about that. (laughs) I was like, that's fine. I've never even, like, worked a retail job before. I'm just like, 
a uh-huh. student my whole life. Retail mm-hmm. sounds like And it was a Beverly Hills bridal store. Yeah. I do not have the disposition to not deal a with Beverly Hills <laughs> brides. No. And the only people worse than the brides were our management. Oh, my God. And literally, like, it was insane. Like, the way it was just so poorly. Everything was a shit show oh every God. single day. And terrible. I literally gave them two weeks notice and I was just like, my shifts came and I was like, actually, I don't want to go. And I think Brenna told them I like died or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not dry. But Morgan died. (laughs) If anyone wants to go to her funeral, I have the date and the details. (laughs) It's like, I'm also like, like, see her this weekend. We also live together, but like, (laughs) it's fine. It's not really her. It's like, I'm just crazy. So did you know, um... Like, I, I, I put in my two weeks, like, right after I graduated. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm not working in retail after I graduate. And they came back at me and offered me a management position. <laughs> it's like, no. no. Goodbye. No. No. No, I would you. like to put this all behind I me. I do not. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to maybe put this experience yeah. on my resume. Yeah, like, oh, no. you guys I, could really use me. That's but... how much I need to disassociate. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, yes. I'm not applying to firms with oh, God, I know. that on my, on my resume. So I was like, literally, this is the one time in my life I can have this, like, dramatic quit. Yeah. And yeah. I... You're never going to use it. So background, um, Morgan's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Asterisk. I wanted to... haven't passed the bar yet. <laughs> yes. she's, she's a lawyer. I mean, you are... More of a lawyer well. than Kim, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for setting the bar so high. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to the White House, though? No, so she's doing better oh, than me. I guess you're not really. Oh, I think, like, probably, like, on some, like, middle school field trip. <laughs> kind uh, of yeah, blocked that all out. field trips there, too. Wait, but that's so well, it's we were... harder being on the West Coast to go. Yeah. 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 Do you know? <laughs> that's true. Portland. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should mention that. You guys know each other from... So we know together, each other right? from Oregon State University. Scobies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we didn't really meet mm-hmm. oh, so until we both moved to LA. Yeah. We um, had, like, mutuals. Yeah, so <laughs> I grew up in... Yeah, I was, like, kind of a military brat, but grew up mostly in Southern Oregon, Um, and then I went to Oregon State, where I lived in, like, a three-story, five-bedroom, mini-sorority house with girls that were actually in Mm -hmm. Brenda's sorority, Mm -hmm. and so we just, like... So kind of a military vibe, too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And so we definitely, like, crossed paths multiple times, Mm -hmm. and I just remember seeing on Instagram that she posted that she was moving to L.A., and I said, I just moved here a year ago, and I remember feeling like I didn't know anyone, so feel free to hit me up if you ever want to get together. Yeah. Like, a weird twinge of friendliness for myself. Yeah. I don't know where Whoa. that came from. Like, really over aggressive. Um, and then know. we got great coffee in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. And she I was like, like yeah, I'm looking for a roommate for this summer. Um, and I live, like, in this area. I was like, Because my last roommate was insane. Insane. Ooh. Speaking of which, I lived on their couch for, like, two weeks while her roommate moved out. Oh, my God. Awkward. Um, but it turns out, like, well, that kind of skipped to the point. I moved in with her yeah. because she right. lived, like, 
two blocks from where my mm-hmm. summer externship was. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. um, and so it worked out, it worked out perfectly well. yeah. because oh, I never great. wake up more than 10 minutes and I need to be at and work. Is, <laughs> and is that how you became friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we so barely knew each other. We, oh yeah, you just move in with people and become their friends. That was literally like the first episode of this podcast. I was like, never move in with friends. Move in with someone that you don't know and then become friends. Yeah, oh, I stand for it. It was like long. good because I knew like you weren't a serial killer because like there was like a few degrees of separation but also Mm -hmm. it's not like I knew everything about your business we didn't have to hang out every day like we just do our own things and it was Mm -hmm. really nice well so yeah it sounds like we gotta live together now so love it. I was. I am looking for a place this <laughs> you summer. You know so. us, Brenna. We yeah. need to get to go know make each more other. friends. I need <laughs> to know my You'll be fine. This relationship needs to blossom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but funny, like little connection that you guys have. I was thinking oh, about this. I'd love to know because both of you guys lived with me and my ex. <laughs> oh, wow. So we can wow, talk. Wow, real winner. We can bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Although I only got a very, like, limited scope of yeah. him. Uh, it was still uh, relatively questionable because of just how it all ended and our brief interactions, but I'm sure you probably have a little bit more dirt than I do. But I'd love no, to hear No, he's more. not the most outgoing person. It was more just, like, passing in the kitchen and he'd ask me if he could play with my cat yeah i actually mm-hmm. had a cat it was not a yeah, sexual whoa, reference <laughs> what's this coming out oh okay what did you do okay. with him and then what <laughs> wait that is so crazy he has to play with my cat too he has a thing <laughs> he never played with my cat <laughs> is that why you broke up <laughs> That was smooth. God, <laughs> yes. That was a good pun. Yes, love it. Uh, uh, love a good pun. Cheeky. <laughs> you know, I'm getting all sweaty. I feel like I'm actually being accused right now. And I was like, Brenda, you know that's not my type. He wastes yeah, less than me. You're a lawyer. Let's hear your defenses now. It's like, so you have no evidence. There was no witness. <laughs> it's like, most of the time we lived together, I was like crying in my shower yeah, over yeah. my ex. Mm. And then randomly would yeah. go on dates and every single time they I would leave from the house to go on them I would run into Brenna while holding their hand um, <laughs> so that was always like she would just say like I'm proud of you Morgan let's go I blessings bless. I bless <laughs> sure. crying in the shower <laughs> but yeah right. where's my boyfriend at that time I don't know <laughs> probably crying in just the shower making sure I didn't miss any spots on my bed <laughs> it's just so we considerate you know each other Brenna <laughs> I would crown his shoulder, but it'd probably poke my eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, no yes. threat from me. Earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgan said that I would date a wine bottle if he had a penis. So, mm-hmm. see, yeah, I've gone both That's sides my of the type. spectrum. <laughs> you like him yeah. skinny. I've gone both ends. I've had I like when I when I was younger, I thought my type was like really big dudes, mm-hmm. but that I think was mostly a lot about my own body image mm-hmm. and like wanting to like feel like feel small. the woman and feel small because so many of my friends were so small. But then uh, my next boyfriend, I went the complete opposite direction. <laughs> so one, it showed me like okay, I don't have a type. That's good. But it also is yeah, it's a very. I still don't think I'm just like attracted to the skinny type though. That's not something that usually I'll see and I'll be like, oh yeah, 
Mr. Lanky over here. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I hooked up with this guy, and he he was like skinny, like mm-hmm. he was skinny. And I'm not like the smallest of people. Like I I have hips and I have thighs, and like mm-hmm. we were in bed together. Mm. Thank you. We, that's what I was looking for. We were in bed. No, you did pause. Like you were waiting for us. <laughs> I was like, she's so like, she's my ass. Like, somebody say something or I'm going to blow up. Someone talk on my ass. I swear to God. I will lose it right now. But um, we were like laying in bed together the next day and I like put my hand on his thigh and it was probably half the size of my thigh. Mm. Like I was like, whoa oh. yeah oh that's like slimy that <laughs> would definitely yeah. freak me out but i feel like the worst part about skinny guys is the inner thigh bruises you get from their hip bones i've never experienced that I, i've never I gotten that you have to be like, oh maybe you're just not like as aggressive <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> No, maybe it, I just got a lot like, of padding. I literally, <laughs> weren't quite in in the guts like that. Maybe, I maybe know. I just have a lot of padding, and it's like my padding you know, gets bruised. <laughs> I well, I was gonna say like I um I'm kind of choosing like they thought, but oh, I wanted to know, do you have a type that you like? Um, I used to think I had a type. It's really hard because I was like in a relationship from like yeah. eighteen to twenty four. Oh damn. So it's just like, well, I like see like I can theorize what my type would be, um, right. and like, well, so I your used... type when you're 18 is probably also already very different from when you're 25, yeah. unless you're Brenna and you're still <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working through it in therapy, guys. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, like you like the like type of person that like you like when you're 12, which is like the skater punk. Yeah. And, like, oh my gosh, you never outgrew out Avril Lavigne phase. <laughs> I blame it on Blink-182, my first love, Tom DeLonge. My chemical romance. I was going to say Panic at the Disco. No, that's a little too pop for me. ghostly, skinny boys. Yeah. Yeah. I also, like, grew up in Oregon as... You guys don't know this on the podcast, but I am black. (laughs) You can't see, but I am. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Wow, I'm just thinking about this for the first time. What the fuck? (laughs) In a lot of my classes, I was the only black person. Mm. And a lot, like, even times at school, I was the only black person. So my type was white boys, and it was for lack of opportunity. Like, I was related to the only other black people I was ever around. Bombarded with society and everything. Yeah, like, societal images. Yeah, blonde, straight hair. Like, I begged my mom for, like, blonde streaks in, like, 2004, you know? Right. And she said no, thankfully. And, Mm -hmm. like, I thought it was she was the meanest thing Mm -hmm. ever. But I was like, never, never, ever should I have wanted blonde streaks in my hair and I wanted straight hair. Like, by the time I was, like, a sophomore in high school, my hair was, like, to my chin and completely fried because right, I straightened yeah. it every day. And so there was definitely, like, a lot of internalized mm-hmm. anti-blackness, oh, for sure, for sure. which is just, like, a larger societal thing. And, like, so, also listeners, that yeah. I'm black, but my mom is white, so I'm mixed. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, so I have mm-hmm. a beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white mother and then I lived with my stepdad, also mm-hmm. blonde hair and blue eyes. And then it was like right. me and my sister that were mixed. Mm-hmm. And then they had 
three other daughters mm-hmm. that were like beautiful, blonde hair, blue eyed. Everyone I saw, and like there was a couple brunettes sprinkled in. Environment yeah, it's all year. Mm-hmm. Oregon's show. not known yeah. for like really being very accepting. No, of, no, like I, everyone has this idea of Portlandia, which is like yeah. I like to call it like pseudo liberalism because yeah. it's mm-hmm. easy to like not be racist when you never see another black person (laughs) so kind of like a little bit off topic i was in an uber once i was getting my car fixed so fucking far away like an hour and a half away and they told me it was gonna take like 12 hours i was like okay i guess i'm ubering back to la whatever so i was in this uber with this guy for like an hour and a half and he was black and he had just visited portland and we talked for the whole time about how racist Portland really yeah. is. Yeah. You die by a thousand microaggressions. Yeah. You don't <laughs> think that, like, yeah. because it's such a, like, a liberal yeah. place that you don't think that it's, like, super racist. But it's, like, no, it fucking is. Right. Yeah. Like, so, like, dating different has, like, a more, like, different undertone for mm-hmm. me that also underlines, like, just general safety, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't well. want to put myself out there to like no one wants to be rejected mm-hmm. but to be like oh i'm just like not attracted to black girls yeah. or on, yeah. on oh just God. as bad oh on the God. other side being like so obviously fetishized right that they're oh like your, your skin is like chocolate it's like caramel yeah. it's wow. like whatever obscure candy they yeah. want to mention yeah. like I'm not like it's actually candy. just like, like flesh going, <laughs> it's like going through puberty and like being in middle school is hard enough is that everybody is having their insecurities and being like made to feel like something about them is like too much to this like whatever you just want to fit in and be normal mm-hmm. but that is just like such an extreme version of that it's like yeah. you're going through that in yourself of it's like again yeah you're a teenager you're having your own feelings about coming into your body like coming yeah. into your womanhood like and i had a lot of body to come into yeah <laughs> I I, I huge feel... boobs in fourth grade Dude, and was brown yes. like, and like i was just five yeah. feet tall yeah like, to also just have <laughs> that too that's yeah. just yeah i'm that's a lot that's really it lot. was a lot but it definitely um i think i'm so secure in like going out on dates now and like even being ghosted or rejected like right. <laughs> we always have talked about um just because i fought really hard for this confidence and I fought really hard to, like, well, build up who I am against, like, so many, like, sociological and psycho- psychological barriers right. that it really gave me a deep understanding of, like, what I offer and what I bring. So I'm more comfortable dating everything. people that are different. <laughs> yeah, which is everything. You fucking bring everything in. You're gorgeous. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks. And she's oh. so smart. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rita. more importantly. And please mention also. my butt. Yeah. <laughs> and her ass. Oh. really hard because like the world is just so violent towards women right and there's a sliding scale of value based on your skin tone Mm -hmm. and it's just like i do have to recognize the privilege i have to even be in the position that i graduated from a top law school so i have that power i'm like not light-skinned but i'm like in the middle so Mm -hmm. it's like i don't have the discrimination that like darker skinned people have especially Mm -hmm. darker skinned women Mm -hmm. where like i am like the end of the shade range for most of my life and to think like i had a blonde haired blue-eyed mother Mm -hmm. yeah like how could i be the end of the shade range i never had 
anyone. That's a mind fuck like, in itself. Oh, like, my next closest idol was Beyonce. Way to set myself up to be disappointed. Oh my god. <laughs> and I literally like it was so hard for me to even yeah. find women of color to look up to that weren't performers and weren't so like Beyonce up. and Leona right. Lewis, like very yeah. accomplished black women. But like, let's be clear, like colorism played a huge yeah. role because like Kelly of Destiny's Child was just as talented and just as beautiful right. and about 10 shades darker. Mm-hmm. No, so. that's an excellent point. And also just so many other like black artists around that time, yeah. especially black female artists, like, Oh yeah! Wow, it's a world. It is the world, and it's also. But again, it's really fucked up too because uh, I mean, also just to be in your position and like the same as like Beyonce or someone else, it's also really fucked up to be like kind of wrestling with this own thing in your head of like, well, do I only have this because I'm mm-hmm. lighter or yeah. whatever? Like you know, it's that yeah. kind of. You're also in. You're like questioning your self worth from both ends of the spectrum. Yes, because it's you, again, it's like you're you can't fit into either side yeah. of it. I get a lot of compliments on my skin tone from men. Yeah. yeah, there was air quotes there, yeah. and I was just like, okay, one more time, and it's a giant red flag for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so what's your experience been with like dating either within your race or out of your race? Um. So I, my long-term relationship that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. was about five years total, mm-hmm. um, was with a white guy. Obviously, I met him in Oregon. Yep. <laughs> um, I honestly didn't really meet another black man at Oregon State that wasn't a student athlete. And they mm-hmm. have a lot of needs yeah that i was my schedule and my emotional availability was just not willing to compromise for um i just well and also in itself it's like already like a fucked up dichotomy it's like oh the only other students of color here are in the athletic program yeah yeah i got asked if i was a student athlete way more than was appropriate (sighs) yeah that's yeah so um so that relationship dating him was really positive we were together for a long time and it was like we weren't just different in like our race like he literally had like the most perfect childhood like he had two parents that loved each other Mm -hmm. his dad was like a lot like like a long (laughs) who knows (laughs) maybe brenda (laughs) um um, but um he there was like Three, he was the middle child. They had a beautiful mm-hmm. home, like successful. But not the neglected like, middle child. It no, not like neglected at his all. Parents distribute yeah, that he had like a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> One time, he told me that he n- cannot remember a single time that his mother ever raised her voice. And I was like, "Well, yelling wow. is my most natural communication really? style, so cannot relate." Oh my god. <laughs> um, I was with my parents yeah and I was another time I was like you literally had the most perfect life like you literally have a white picket fence out front and he's like it's a polyethylene fence not picket (gasps) he was a chemical engineer so I had to deal with that kind of shit not even wood how can you be so stupid (laughs) but that's like for besides the obvious reasons I feel like honestly that is actually a really good point it's like the kind of childhood you have Mm -hmm. is just a direct correlation to who who you are as a person yep. for better so that or for worse alone, it, like if that like, alone it's like you could argue is like one of the big things of like differences in yeah. themselves because it's that difference of like 
oh, you had an example of parents that loved each other, so you have this positive relationship yeah. example. Oh, they also loved you in the appropriate <laughs> ways. Like, so yeah. you have maybe, like, a really good instilling of self-confidence and self-love yeah. and all the things that go with it. But yeah, that is such a fucking good point of, like, you had a really different, <laughs> like, for a lot of reasons, yeah. but also that's, yeah. That's so there are just, like, really great things I learned from just the child upbringing part. Like, he mm-hmm. never got really, like, emotional about things, which toward, later on in the relationship became kind of part of the downfall. Because mm-hmm. I was like, be just care. It could be wasp too. Sometimes <laughs> where it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't show emotion. Yeah, like, he was okay, just, like, well. so uh-huh. intellectual. Like, he actually was intelligent, but right. he just didn't have, like, the emotional range that I was used to from my childhood of, like, you love hard, you laugh hard, you cry hard, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, like, a lot of trauma that came along with, like, that sort of passionate Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. upbringing, so it was really good for me because I learned how to more effectively communicate, Um, like, every relationship is a lesson. Yeah, it was a really good lesson, and just, like, I... Honestly, being he was four years older. He was a fifth year while I met him at the end of my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So he was like past his party phase. So it didn't damp. It might have dampened my college experience sure. just in the way I was like trying to be mature right. and not be crazy. And like I didn't go out and drink as much because he moved to Portland while I was still at Oregon State. So I like went up to see him instead of staying and like partying with my friends. Right. So. A lot of life lessons. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of life lessons. But, like, and then on the racial aspect, I remember um, I mentioned the NAACP, and he was like, what's that? (gasps) What? I also asked him, have you ever dated a black girl before? He's like, I think you're the first one I've ever really even talked to. Oh, my So that was, like, the biggest red flag. But then I went to Coos Bay, where he grew up, and I was like, okay, now I get it. also like i mean that's even in itself like that's a really weird position to put in of like if i am i gonna like go visit your family and go visit your hometown oh my god yeah i was terrible when i first met his family i was like did you tell them i was black he's like no i was like you have to prepare people for that. That, that already shows like, like the, a level, and of, his, yeah. especially yeah. if you're coming from that environment, yeah. that's such a level of like, oh, you don't get it. Yeah. He you could not see. have the, any nicer parents, but also right. like the parents on Get Out were really nice too in the beginning. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> like, but no, I adored his people, parents' yeah. relationship. They were so kind. <laughs> the very first night I spent the night at his parents' house because we went there to visit them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he slept in separate rooms. Of so course. He was right. asleep, and I woke up to go to the kitchen. Marriage. And she Never. hypnotized And you. she <laughs> was in the kitchen. His mother was in the kitchen. And I was like, good morning. And she was like, good morning. I'm going to go for a walk. Do you want to come with me? And I wasn't going to say no. Right. Yeah. And like, on that walk, she was like, you know what? Just last week, I saw the cutest little black baby running around at the football game, and I was like, oh, I would love to have a black grandchild. Yeah. I was just like, nice to meet you too. It's like also, it's like it was the sweetest they, thing, but, but it was like, okay, I mean, <laughs> I am black, and I just yeah. always have to own that and acknowledge it in such white spaces that my existence is revolutionary. Oh, totally, and it's because again, it's just that of it's like she doesn't even see like in something that she thinks is like kind of reaching an arm and extending. Yeah, I'm accepting. It's like yeah, you don't you it, who are you to accept me? It's you're saying the words also like I I would love to have a black grandchild or a black baby. It's just a baby. Yeah. It's just a grandchild. Yeah, like it's not you know. So I've had to find the balance of 
it's so exhausting to be angry all the time. Mm-hmm. So I really have to weigh intentions in with it. Right. And like someone like his mom, who is just like so sweet, it right. scared me. Like how could someone be so pure and so nice yeah, right. um, with someone's intentions that are backhanded compliments? Right. <laughs> like, oh, I wish I had your kind of confidence. So I was like, what? Like, yeah. I shouldn't be this confident. Yeah, exactly. or like, Yeah, and right. so... Like, how do you adjust that? Oof. Like, most of my workspaces have been predominantly white. I have never had a black female co-worker. Oh, my God. Wow. Even yeah. in L.A.? Yeah, even in L.A. In the DA's office, there was, like, one other black female, mm-hmm. and she was, like, in a different unit, and I only passed her once mm-hmm. and i met her because of like a black lawyers association <laughs> event oh wow. yeah so like all of my black connections i've always made through like specifically reaching out to like black events yeah like trying to yeah which and like is, so being mixed crazy. i'm at least like i'm a little thankful that i have like brown skin brown hair brown eyes so i can at least like infiltrate my way <laughs> into the black community yeah. uh, but even then like there's always a balance of not speaking over people that grew up in a black family with black issues, especially like my LA counterparts that had like police brutality being a big issue and like fear Mm -hmm. for their safety where I definitely experienced that. Like when I first moved to Oregon with my mom, I was like probably five or six and we went to this um, restaurant and the food came out with the n-word written in hot sauce across it no and like oh my god i was like the youngest child like i was so young i didn't even understand it but like it really traumatized my mom i mean and like in my my high school one time someone called me the n-word like disrespect yeah but every time like in high school when that happened like i had really good friends that rallied around me and so for every dark there is so much lightliness yeah. that has flooded. Right. But I also have to just know to not put myself in that situation. Right. Like when I went to Oregon State, I would like get gas in my car while I was in Corvallis. And then yeah. I would like drive to my mom and dad's house that was like right. four hours away and be like, I just don't want, to. like as yeah, a woman, you, you have want... that fear. Right. And then as a black woman, I had an even underlying fear that I wouldn't get help I needed because I was black yeah. or I would it's be underlying. Like it. It's a greater fear. Yeah. It's like, so you're already, there's so yeah, many levels it just, to it. It just it. amplified. Yeah. Well, can I ask, was your ex-boyfriend ever in a situation where like he needed to be defending you in that way? Um, Like how did he handle those situations? Yeah, I think... There was never anything blatant that I was there for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he definitely had some explaining to, like, people would ask him. (laughs) Like, and because he kind of mentioned, like, and he's someone that, like, that wouldn't even rattle him. I don't think he would even understand the the, microaggression of even asking that question. Um, And so frustrating, though. Yeah. It's it's just like, like, and I don't know. I think when like white culture yeah i don't know what exactly that entails besides drinking milk but (laughs) but, call me out we also just really are talking about get out right now yeah (laughs) yes um so his friends were like definitely i think a little turned off sometimes by my blackness sure and like i was like four years younger so they Mm. were trying to be more grown and i was just like like more young more wild more black right. and so like they would like 
sometimes make race jokes that they thought were funny right. and I was just like always the party pooper being like that's actually not that funny right it's like you're, and then like yeah. I was the no fun yeah I what, mean, like, like having to be in that position not for yeah. like race yeah. but just being like you're, oh actually like that's mm-hmm. not cool like yeah it's yeah. just like punching down is just not that funny yeah it's not it's not that funny and it, yeah it's just <laughs> always like you're just putting me in a position where i either have to react to this and it's just not what the vibe yeah like, it's like we're all hanging out so you're putting me in a position in a, a situation where people are hanging out casually where i have to have a strong reaction and yeah. i either have to reprimand you or yell or do something or I have to just ignore it, yeah. which basically is saying like it's okay, exactly. and or I spent funny or so it's valid, much of my but... childhood doing that awkward laugh to just hope the situation would pass. You know, yeah. I like... mean, but that's also again, it's like that's just such a like mindfuck of position to be in in the first place. Of like these are people like are my friends or my peers or whoever mm-hmm. they may be, and I'm constantly like playing with this line of like, yeah. do I really say how I feel? Do exactly. I really like mm-hmm. express like? All it's the reasons why, like, you really should Really exhausting this is not to be okay. constantly yeah. educating, too. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, not your job. Exactly. Really? Like, I want to share this information for people that want to have a conversation, mm-hmm. but to learn, like, Google is too free yeah. for yeah. me to be explaining too the basics. It's like 2020, yeah. like, it's pretty blatant <laughs> yes. that there's yeah. fucking problems. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, like, not really a blatant issue that I think I had to face every single day in that relationship, but there was just like underlying mm-hmm. in so many situations. Yeah. Did it and come I was... out more towards the end at all? Like, was that mm-hmm. something that you kind of like, is it more as you reflect on your relationship now, you kind of see like, cause you're not so in love with the person. You're like, Oh, there was all these instances where you like really didn't get it. or You didn't have my back. Or was it something that it was kind of like, as you're also naturally like kind of getting towards the end, more like, oh, well, this is something that bothers me <laughs> that I've started to no, notice. No, towards the end, we were in a long distance relationship because mm-hmm. I moved to LA. Uh, um, and okay. so I think that's just a whole new set of problems, right. especially when you have someone mm-hmm. that like, I was really stressed with law school. I was working to pay my bills. Right. I had like a really bad depressive episode and then I was in a long distance relationship with someone that loved me and respected me but didn't understand me mm-hmm. as a human and was like not very emotionally yeah. evocative yeah. I know he loved me I know he loved me and he wanted me to be well. happy but I don't think he and I had the right communication skills to really be there for each other i didn't feel seen like i'm not gonna say he didn't try or he didn't see me Mm -hmm. but i didn't feel seen well if you don't feel seen that ultimately means you're not feeling heard yeah that's one of the loneliest feelings in the world especially in a relationship that's long distance how many (laughs) times can i say this is an issue without Mm -hmm. it it's like those kind of things of like i don't want to tell you to do this i want you to want to do yeah, it like that own intuition of which is the most frustrating be. thing it's like when you're communicating like so like soulfully and openly about like your needs mm-hmm. and they're never being met yeah like, you are being so open about it and it's not reciprocated and most exactly. of the time it's because so difficult. they're just not hearing it it's just that <laughs> thing of the it's not even like they're not being met and i think that's what's so frustrating too is you're looking at the person and you're like you are so capable of this. It's like, if you just got what I was saying, if you got what I needed from you, like, as yeah. I was saying, saw me in that way, what I'm asking of from you is very... It's so simple. It's so simple. Yeah. Like, 
that it's gets not, me. It's not that hard. Because it is just like the things that I've asked for in relationships. I'm like, I'm asking the bare minimum here. Like, yeah. Th- this, it's not like you're going to be able to find someone out there that like you're not going to have to do these things for. It's like, work on it now or work on it later. Like Exactly. Get it, get your shit together. So I think like a lot of feeling maybe the interracial and like mm-hmm. me having a more like hectic borderline traumatic childhood yeah, yeah. and with his like no one's life is perfect but very like stable childhood mm-hmm. um a lot of those issues I saw in reflection in that I wasn't also communicating as well as I should have but mm-hmm. I just like I was needing something that maybe just wasn't there and then also we broke a up experience though yeah what? a really good learning experience so we yeah. broke up and then we got back together months later and then I was just like I broke up with him and then I initiated getting back together and for like six months I felt like he was like wanting to get back together he said mm-hmm. I love you he said I want you to move in with me and then he like dumps me over the phone and said like I broke his heart and he never recovered and I just realized that maybe it is my traumatic past but I don't want to be the worst thing to ever happen to someone I first off, <laughs> I think we have the exact same ex-boyfriend and second and by that I, so since my experience was a lot longer ago I'll say that's no anything you just said is not the truth at all yeah that's like, no I don't want to date someone that no their greatest thing they've ever overcome is me. No. Like, I... Yeah. Like, which is, like, he is a really healthy, happy person in his own right. Mm-hmm. And it's just not what... That difference of dating right. someone so different that I learned a lot of healthy coping mechanisms. Like, right. he was really yeah. active. He was really positive. He didn't have any mental health issues as far as I knew, but he didn't communicate. Right. So, um, I learned a lot of yeah. learning lessons. But then my next relationship was kind of more of a trauma bond. So mm-hmm. I learned I swung the complete other direction. Yeah, we overcorrect. We overcorrect. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. you overcorrect and you end up in the ditch. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I'm going to go the complete opposite of what I just had. And yeah. still just end up in a fucking weird place. Yeah. 100%. So my next relationship, I was dating someone that was like really damaged and like, so like one of my bachelors is in psychology. So like, yeah. I really try to like, empathize and understand why people do things and I have the tendency to like take it too far instead of like realizing why they do things and realizing that doesn't mean I have to accept it Mm -hmm. I just be like oh if I don't enable them that means that I'm not understanding everything they've overcome I was like wait I've overcome some real bullshit and I don't walk through this world hurting people so dating like self-aware is like yeah important piece but Go on. I think. I mean, I think even, again, you just pointed out another huge difference, which is, like, if you are somebody who has walked through this life, especially at this point in your life, and you've experienced no trauma, you've experienced no hardships, Mm -hmm. that's a fucking difference. Because that is, like, either you are somebody who's in complete denial, and you're living on (laughs) your own planet, like, thinking that things are fine, which is its own kind of time bomb. Yes. Or you're somebody that truly has had nothing that has happened to them. It would make it really impossible for you to connect with somebody. So Morgan, I want to ask you, because I know you had like a lot of different hardships with like your long-term boyfriend, mm-hmm. with like you know meeting him in Oregon, everything that comes along with like long distance and like interracial. What has dating been like since moving to Los Angeles? 
So since moving to Los Angeles, it's definitely been a lot more diverse. Yeah, like, like racially, Oregon yeah, versus Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, like it's the big ocean here. Yeah. Um. So I've met some amazing people. Um. Both men and women. I didn't Ooh. mention that I was bisexual at the start of this episode, but biracial and bisexual, hey, all the bi's. <laughs> um. So I've met some amazing people with really diverse experiences, and it's just been great to just like sit and talk with them, to learn from them, um, take dating as kind of a social experiment of what can I, it sounds selfish, but what can I get from this person? Like, yeah. what do they add to my life? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've overcome a lot. I've accomplished a lot. I've done a lot of self-work and self-reflection to bring all of my best traits out from what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And so I want someone that can open me up to even more new experiences. Absolutely. Coming right. from someone who like has struggled with like codependency their whole <laughs> life, that is the fucking way to look at it is like how can this person bring me like at a higher self than I was before and vice versa. Yeah. It's like that is I think such a great way of looking at dating. And that can also mean it doesn't have to be always a literal experience. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is more of a like spiritual, yeah. like for lack of a better yeah. word, like that kind of a level of like, oh, you look at the world in a really different way yeah. than I do. And I kind of need a little bit of that in my life. Yes, or exactly. like where if I'm a negative person, like you're a positive person. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's really good to converse with somebody on the time that is always turning it into a positive spin yeah. versus that. But yes, that is uh, definitely the right. I mean, that's that's like the reason why I'm trying to go on like more dates is purely to meet different people and meet different perspectives. Because I think like even on my worst date, I come home and I think like I met someone new. I heard a different perspective than my own. Mm -hmm. And regardless if I agree with whatever we talked about during like our time, it's like I still feel like just like when someone tells me their opinions yeah. I'm like oh that's so interesting I need to digest that and think about that and maybe that will like semi-alter my own opinions on it or not and like if it does great if it doesn't that's great too but it's just like meeting new people and like new experiences that's like such a great way to like look at dating I love that and that's such a like word for us during this election cycle for people just be open to listening it's like a life lesson but also like very poignant for the time frame we Mm -hmm. are in 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 this world right now yeah but dating lots of different people definitely was interesting and fun and lively um but i kind of went for that pendulum swing of the very conservative reserved like first um, long-term relationship I had into a relationship where he was a partier he was drinking he was doing blow Mm -hmm. having so much fun all the time like life was one big party and I was like oh I feel like I've been so stifled because that's so refreshing it is I'm at the same place where it's like when you get out of that kind of like whatever relationship you're in it's so nice to yeah. be in something so completely opposite. Yeah. It's like you haven't experienced it. And like I wasn't really super into like the party scene. Yeah. And like luckily I have like enough like self-control that I could like be around it and not fully engage. Mm-hmm. But it was just really nice to 
have someone that I thought was so free spirited mm. and like he was older he was 49 school, right yeah, yeah so like... I was in law school and he was like this 49 year old he was Australian so he had a cool accent oh, yeah. he had lived all this cool Arty. life Oof. he like owned a boat and like would always go on these boat trips like literally mm. everything that I thought was like the exact opposite of growing boat. up on a small town farm in Oregon and then going to like yeah. even UCLA is like a liberal law school and it's still so conservative yeah. so right. like white so it, higher mm. ed institutional yes. 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 and it's I was like, like LA is diverse but yeah. UCLA law is not no. <laughs> like they do a really good job of trying but it's still higher education it's a law school right. so he was like the opposite and it was so fun but then I realized like my life like got out of control honestly and then like i was working in like the sex crimes unit at the da's office and i would come home completely like demoralized and exhausted from the cases i heard and he would be like mad that i didn't want to party and so i went into like a pretty like severe depressive episode because it was my like last semester of law school I was so, like, I had, like, some, like, school troubles that were, like, just defeating me. I was just, like, just trying to make it to the end of the day. And, like, because I wasn't partying, he found other girls to entertain him. Of course. (laughs) You can't figure (laughs) exactly what I need every second. Yeah. Bye-bye. Exactly. So then when I... Um, needed to use his laptop to send an email, his old, like the phone messages, you know, like the iChat pops up Mm -hmm. and it's like pictures of a naked girl in our bed. (gasps) Stop. So what better for a depressive episode than someone else's kooka on your man's phone in your bed? No. Yeah. So my dumbass. That's free spirited. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, guess that's I, what I put it. we oh, get in this huge blow up. I break up with him. Blah blah blah. But basically, two weeks later, we're back together because he promises he'll change. All this stuff, and I just spent the next six months being like trying to convince myself that like it was my fault that because I was in the depressive episode and like he just needed attention and I wasn't there for him I wasn't a good girlfriend so that's why this happened so we he had another cheating incident and I did nothing wrong this time and so you didn't do anything anything wrong wrong yeah no (laughs) well that's what I learned after that I was like you know what you can't stop someone that just needs yeah and it's like not even like he just needed the attention of it and I was like, yeah. that's okay, but be with someone that can give you that. Yeah. And don't date someone that's half your age with a like a blossoming law career yeah. who is like trying to graduate, who has a big date beautiful family smaller. she like, wants to spend with. Yeah, like, like he wanted like the privilege of saying like I'm like I'm with her yeah. without any of the responsibility. And so that was another life lesson that just because men are older doesn't mean they're more mature. And that if they're going to get away with bullshit for twice as long, they're going to be just even more, that much more entrenched in their bullshit. Yeah. So that was a pendulum swing to the other way. So (laughs) I I don't think like, well, this is like a little like side direction of that, which is that one, 
Uh, as I started to go to therapy, I think cheating <laughs> is usually indicative of something like more personal going wrong with the person because it's that thing of like when you see someone and you're attracted to them, it's like you're you're seeing something that's familiar, mm-hmm. and that in itself is a very general term. It can be like something that's familiar to you in the sense of like oh i'm like seeking this out about myself of like i want to like feel this quality so that's what i'm looking for something that was taken from me x y and z but i think in also in more younger terms of like when you're dating people our age what i always come back to is honesty because it's like it's all about Mm -hmm. honesty and if you want to be single like if you want to be single and you want to be fucking other people and you tell me that i may not like what you have to say but I can't be upset with you no. for being honest about what you want. But it's when people just do both. Where yeah. it's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Fuck you. But yeah. I'm also going to be coming to you and being like, oh, I love that. Like, Did I mention he introduced me to the girl who she <gasps> me with? That's, that's his friend. That's so sociopathic. <laughs> that's, no, that's like a... <laughs> darker than a, a crimson So even flag. after all of this, I was still, like, considering getting back with him. Well, yeah. Which is insane. Because I was, like, I was, like, uh, Stockholm syndromed right. at this point. Well, no, but, you're just, you're, that's, it's its own form of emotional abuse. Yeah. Because you're, like, for whatever reason, he's manipulated it into a situation where you're, like, still craving, like, some validation from him. Which is that. It's literally thinking, like, what did I do wrong? To make him cheat on me. Exactly. Like, you didn't do anything no, wrong. But like, yeah. no. So this goes back to interracial dating because he was a white Australian man. Yeah. And I mm. knew that he had just like lack of understanding of the black experience in general. Like there's indigenous people, um, the aborigines of Australia, which yeah, are black say, skin. Australia and like very, when we first got racist. together, <laughs> like when I say they're comfortably racist, they don't yeah. they don't think they're racist. And like the yeah, things, right, totally. the jokes they make about Asian people, the mm. way they treated aboriginal people. Yeah. And so we had like so many conversations about race because I talk about that kind of stuff. I'm passionate. I'm yeah. a social justice warrior. Yes, that's like, like whatever what you do. it be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so we broke up. And then at the second time, after all this cheating and everything, and I go by his house when I know he's not home so I can grab a bag of my stuff. Right. I'm like digging through a pile of his clothes trying to find my bag, and I find this pink backpack. And I was just like, this isn't mine. Who's this? I open it, and it's just like a bag of like drugs. Oh like not God. like it's oh. like coke and shrooms like no it's not like meth but like still like you say you cheated on me because drugs and alcohol made you crazy and then you're still engaging in it right. that's someone so, who doesn't yeah. want to work on themselves so i literally right, yeah. dumped the backpack onto his bed not even like dumped out the drugs yeah. just like all the packets onto the right. bed and dumped a bottle he had one bottle of vodka there and i dumped it down the sink nice he called me screaming because he has cameras and i knew that he's like you're so ghetto, you're trash. Ooh, and I was just like, okay, now we're getting racist when yeah. we're mad. Use that I was like, word. I was like yeah. ghetto? Excuse me? Yeah. He's never what said the, the term fun. ghetto before. It's not like, first of all, if he had said it before, I would have been like, you don't use that word. That's no. not, yeah. like no. people that are from the ghetto or a part of that culture, or like ghetto oh culture God. is beautiful. Those big door knocker earrings, yeah. the fashion, also, the dancing, yeah, like word. ghetto culture it's influences culture everything else yes. in America. Yes. Everybody like, wants to be Miley Cyrus's <laughs> second half of her career was it's, influenced by yeah. like Billy only kept alive. <laughs> yeah, like it is a beautiful culture, but like when a white man says you're so ghetto to his 
black girlfriend and he's mad at? He yeah. would ever say that to a white girl in the no. exact same situation. No. Would you say that like no. if you were no. so mad, well, no, would you call someone no ghetto? No. That, there's also no word that is equal to that. Because no. it's because the whole point of the word is that it's using your race as a yeah. factor. Exactly. It's like, yeah. This is something that's negative about your yes. race. It's a negative yes. stereotype. And then he also and was that, like and it's like, oh, but what are you, dude, who's somebody that literally had a girl in our fucking bed yes and that's psychotic and he's just like that was so that was like, like six months ago what do you ago. call that buddy <laughs> yeah like oh, but then like yeah it was like the, the ghetto OTS comments and then when i met him i was like 115 pounds i was so underweight because mm. i was so stressed from school right. and like at the end of our relationship because like i went a little overboard well, i was like we all pack on that relationship yeah i was like 145 and he was just like you got so fat. Do you think it was attractive Stop. seeing you get in and out of your Spanx every day? I was oh, just like, so we're like me? racism, sexism. Like yeah. I could what never, like this was someone that I was taken, taking back repeatedly after cheating incidences. And my sister was like, what will it take for you to leave him? I was like, I didn't know it would take literal racism and sexism, right. like blatant, violent misogyny. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that made me realize like, how much I try to be this self-confident, right. like hardworking woman that I really do give up too much of myself for like those that I love. And I think yeah. that comes from having a tumultuous parental relationship growing up. Totally. And that I was like, oh, they like went through a lot, but they stayed together. Like I just mm-hmm. had this idea of working through it. But that's and not I, actually even like helping. That's not working, working through, through it. it. We weren't working no, through anything. Yeah, I was yeah. forgiving. It's and just, I, yeah, it's just like emotional abuse. And like he said, like, oh, I just the second, well, like the one, the last time he cheated, he was just like, I hadn't done any cheating in six months. I was like, you want a gold star? Yeah. Like, like I'm not asking for much. Have just, you seen <laughs> the Instagram awards for good boys? Yes, I love it's that. So funny. I, it's exactly it's like that. Painfully shit of, like, relatable. I didn't yeah. cheat on you for six months. Like, he's like, where's my congratulations? Yeah, he was yeah. literally like cheating me on me all the time. Like texting so many people that stopped doing that was a big accomplishment for him. And I wanted to like and be like, like you owed thank him you. I that. yeah, like which is fucking insane. That's, yeah, that's just, like, also just fucking textbook narcissistic yeah. manipulation so, like, right there. Even with being with someone that I thought was so understanding and so mm-hmm. caring and had gone through some hardships, so they're going to get me. Right. They flipped a fucking switch. As soon as yeah. I dump, like, dude, I'll Venmo you $19 for your bottle of Tito's. I had to, like, block him because even after all of this, I just wanted to, like, talk about like debrief about like yeah how far this fell apart right from a loving relationship yeah. and i was like i don't owe him any more education yeah i yeah. and like i think your time the biggest thing energy. was is i had to realize that i am so afraid of being the bad guy in the situation mm-hmm. that i'll overcompensate to like make things right yeah and like i was just like Literally, after everything he did, I should have, like, burned his shit. I should have poured bleach on his clothes. Yes, he should have. Like, he told everyone that I ransacked his home. 
And I was like, I wish I fucking did now that that yeah, was what I'm like, blaming. Have you heard the iconic uh, Before He Cheats song by Carrie Underwood? Yes. Because you were fully entitled yes. to do everything that you did. I've been listening <laughs> to Triggered by Jahina Iko <gasps> on oh. motherfucking right. I'm triggered. Yes. <laughs> that has to be like the outro song. Yes. Yeah, it's like I have been listening to that on repeat. Like, a righteous anger i know that sounds like religious but like i feel like it's yeah. a like i am like as a black woman like shamed for our anger that i'm ghetto and i'm mm. trash and i'm overreacting oh, yeah. and oh like, your anger yeah i was like you know like no. i keep having to remind myself that i'm allowed to be angry and so like i am trying not to like let that me feel I like know. i can never date like because I dated, like, a really amazing black man in between these two relationships, and he was a lawyer. I think that was the biggest turnoff. It was too similar. Yeah. He had a really tumultuous childhood, yeah. and it's just, like, more of a trauma bond of that we are so similar. We yeah. have so much in common. Mm-hmm. Like, we just were, like... Which serves its purpose to some yeah. extent, but it is, it was like, like, is there acknowledged. more than that? <laughs> yes, it's just, like, I feel validated, I feel acknowledged, Yeah, but is like this a continually thing like it's yeah not. and it's just like i want to just date someone that sees me like do mm. i don't care what genitalia they have yeah i don't care what color they are yeah. like i want to date someone that even at their angriest will never call me out my name Morgan, I just wanted to thank you so much for being our second guest on our podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I can't wait to come back. Yeah, we are for sure going to have Morgan back for like 12 different episodes. She (laughs) has so much to offer us and all of you listeners out there. But before we wrap this up, I have a couple of questions to ask you. I'm nervous, but let's do it. (laughs) Okay, it's just it's just a few just to, you know, get a better idea. We've you know, we've been listening to you for the past hour, but we still want to get to know you a little bit better. So my first question, you may know the answer, you may not, and you know, no question is wrong. What is your love language? Um, I think I definitely have, like, I've done like a scale of each one that I have yeah. a little bit of it, but my love language is definitely receiving gifts. I could have told you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love receiving gifts, but if I get, like, a gift that is just awful, I take it so personally. Like, this person just doesn't know me. They don't care. But also, like, I think this goes back to what we were talking about. The way you were raised really impacts oh, you. Right. Like my, like we like never had like is. a yeah. ton of money. So like holidays were not always about big gifts. They were really thoughtful gifts. Mm-hmm. And like if my mom ever saw something that reminded her of any one of us, like she had like five daughters, like, and she would just get one of us a gift. She's like, I saw this and I thought of you. And like, that's the greatest feeling in the yeah. world to me that like right. that someone saw something and thought of me or remembered something. Thing I said, yeah. or they just know who I am as a person and thought I would right. like something. And I Did think that thoughtful. I, yeah, yes. I think that like gift giving is like 
for sure like um like misinterpreted a lot of the times because mm-hmm. some people do just like oh i want you to buy me things like that is yeah. some people's perspective like, of shit that. if you got it you got it yeah. buy me things but i, do but... Think, like, I won't say no <laughs> yeah like, the other side of like you know having gift giving as like a love language is just like you want to be thought of in like some kind of physical sense yeah. of like here's a physical thing i'm giving to you that yeah. shows that i thought of it's like you like a token yeah. of your appreciation yeah but, <laughs> yeah but exactly that it can be that exact thing of like oh you got me something small but it's because like we had this random conversation and we were making a joke and i mm-hmm. happened to mention something that i really loved and like you went out of your way to get me it exactly. and yeah maybe it was like you know this like weird cupcake that i mentioned i liked like whatever yeah. i can't think of like, a better example yeah. right now but it's just that thing no of, like, like oh one you of, listened to me you one of my really good cared. law school friends bought me this cute crop top mm-hmm. from urban outfitters and it literally every time i wear it i think about her mm-hmm. i think about that that she got it for me for my birthday she saw something in like urban outfitters has a lot yeah and like right. i don't wear a lot of that kind of stuff and she found something that i thought was so cute was so me and i was like she just gets me yeah, yeah so yeah, shout yeah, out yeah. to you Paige. yeah you get me <laughs> yeah no, yeah some great gifts from yeah friends. so yeah well uh, yeah mm-hmm. so my second question for you is what does the word dating mean to you? Because this is a word that is interpreted differently by literally every single person that uses it. So let's say... And this is a dating podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you were going to use... Like you were talking to a coworker or you were talking to like just like a friend and you were going to say, I'm dating someone. Mm. What does that mean? Ooh. Okay, so if I were to say, I'm dating, that means I'm living my best life (laughs) going out on dates, not necessarily with the same person. If I say I'm dating someone, that doesn't necessarily mean they're my partner yet, Mm -hmm. but they are definitely like, it's a exclusive relationship probably or, more than like a couple dates it's yeah like it's definitely like i would say like we're probably like a other. month or two yeah. in we are like maybe not even have to be exclusive like i'm a serial monogamist i know this about myself i just cut myself off from everybody else as soon as someone gives me a side eye yeah but um <laughs> i it just yeah. means that like i'm really interested so i'm investing my time and emotions into this person yeah mm-hmm. um but if i say oh we've been dating for this long that probably means i'm referring to someone that's clearly a boyfriend or a girlfriend right, <laughs> right. well i also feel like again language mm-hmm. so important I, I feel me like and karen I'm, love yeah. to dissect individual yes. words but i've been i'm trying to think about what i've like said in the past when i've been in a relationship and i think it's also always like oh i've been seeing this person or like we've been together since mm-hmm. it's exactly. already very different because it's like in that sense it's like oh i'm in love and dating sounds too yeah. casual like, <laughs> yeah it's a relationship there's so many yeah. different words to describe like yeah. i can't even explain it it's like you can say you're hanging out with someone, you're seeing someone, you're exclusive with someone, you're dating someone, you're in a relationship with someone, someone's mm-hmm. your significant other, someone's your boyfriend slash girlfriend, and they all mean different things. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. And so I think it only really matters when you're talking with the person that mm-hmm. you are 
dating. <laughs> I saw this like great. I saw this really hilarious meme that was like on one of those like millions of like Instagram I like love those the single pages. account. Yes. and it was like so like and it was basically this girl being like. Well, like, he called me. It's like, I don't know what we are, but he called me his girlfriend to a cop like a month ago, and I just rock <laughs> on with it since. I was like, I was yeah. like, oh, that does sound pretty normal. It's like, in this day and age, sometimes you, you don't even talk about know. it until you're in a certain like social situation where somebody's like, who is this person? They're yeah. like, oh, this is my uh, like, my girlfriend, my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, is that what we're doing we're, now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess we're dating. Super quick, cute anecdote yeah. with my first relationship that I had in college when mm-hmm. I was 19. Love we met over the summer. We were in a summer class together. Um, and it was on Valentine's Day, like the following winter, that I was like really tipsy. I was drunk. And <laughs> I was tipsy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, cute. A little bit tips. And I was like, well, you She was be- <laughs> Yeah, I was drunk. I remember, I don't know if I remember or if he just told me. But um, I was like, will you be my boyfriend? And he was like, I thought I already was. Oh. It was so cute. But also yeah. I had to catch up, I guess. No. Like, well, that's yeah. the, I was like, are, what are we? Talk. Drunk on Valentine's Day. So cliche. He's like, uh, thought we were dating. Yeah, but, but it had been like, so we had two anniversaries. Like, again, our hookup date. I asked him, when did we start dating then? He was like, um, what was the first night that you spent the night and we didn't have sex? Oh my god, that is literally <laughs> so real. And so I was like, hilarious. that's when you're dating. Anyway, thank you for listening. Have a great week and go on a bunch of dates. Yeah, go on some dates. If you don't have any dates, go take yourself out on a damn date. Yes, try and get some if you can. Try and maybe avoid the toxic person you usually go to for that. Damn, yeah. But just in general, yeah, get yourself out there. Yeah, go have fun. We love you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.